live from Beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Greg Ballard, the former mayor of Indianapolis, Indiana. Chicago attorney Bob Fioretti and Doug Ibendahl, a pro-Trump Republican attorney. We're coming to you from our home base at AM560, The Answer, in beautiful Elk Grove Village, Illinois. That's just outside Chicago. Nice to have you with us this evening, wherever you are from coast to coast. Hopefully you're dealing with all the excessive heat in your area. We have survived here in Chicago, but again, that's that's nothing compared to those listening down in Texas and elsewhere around the country. But nice to have you with us this evening. Uh, we have a program this evening. We're going to talk about some things that happened last week, obviously. Uh, a lot more has happened with Donald Trump. A lot more has happened on the uh, Hunter Biden issue, and uh, we've got an attorney, uh, actually a couple of attorneys here, who can share their thoughts and opinions on that, what impact that might have on the body politic. But I want to begin uh, with, uh, uh, I'm going to ask Bob Fioretti, who is sitting us in, in studio right across from me, and then we'll get uh, to, uh, to Greg and, and Doug's response to this. But last week, one of the most interesting hearings was on what I used to describe as UFOs, uh, they now have a new name for them. Uh, but my question to you is, you had, you had some whistleblowers, you had a former intelligence officer, you had some Navy pilots, and they raised some issues as to whether or not uh, the, the government has, has squashed a lot of reports about this. He said they're, they're fairly widespread. I don't know whether you watched any of the hearings, but, but generally speaking, uh, where do you come down on unidentified flying objects? Well, I haven't seen any, so I'm not sure where they are. Uh, but I've talked to a few people, and uh, uh, they're firm believers. And a lot of it all, all occurred, and you may recall, after uh, the dropping of the nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the first time we've seen them in our skies. So all of that may have an impact on what's happening out there and, uh, you know, they probably have given each and every one of those whistleblowers uh, uh, exams and gone through their testimony and looked at what they're saying. And the possibility that it's true is out there. And uh, we may not be, not be the only people that are life forms that exist. Greg Ballard, you're uh, probably the most establishment person that we have on our program this evening. You've heard these rumors probably like me for 30 or 40 years, but... Uh, I don't know whether you saw any of the hearings last week or read or saw about them, but uh, what was your reaction? Because they came across as very credible witnesses or whistleblowers. I think I think I read about them, and I uh, they certainly did to me uh, when I when I read it. I am. It's funny how this comes up every few years, but this one seems to be a little bit more of a push now. And I have, uh, I've always thought it was a bit arrogant of us to assume that we were always alone and and. Uh, and so I, there's always the possibility out there as we, the more that we know that has gone on and, and certainly the uh, instruments that we've placed in space now can tell us a lot more story than we used to know anyway. So I, I think that's a complete possibility. Why I'm trying to figure out why the government wants to hide this so much uh, if it is true. So that I, I kind of wish they'd come forward with that because I don't think it would shock a lot of people necessarily. And it might, uh, it might spur some activity. Doug Ibendahl, uh, uh, you're here because you're a Trump Republican. But again, uh, 
look at this issue compassionately and objectively. Uh, what do you think of these the, the hearings last week on this subject? I did watch. Uh, I only saw clips of those. There are there are definitely unidentified flying objects. I guess the question is their origin. I'm I'm skeptical that the origin is from a different world, but but who knows? But who knows? Uh, I did think it was interesting that um, the, the the sworn testimony. I believe weren't they mostly or all at least former military? Yes. Uh, Interesting if they would uh, put their reputations on the line or just make, make something up. But you know, I, I remain skeptical. I, I share Greg's question: Why, why would the, uh, why would our government want to keep it quiet? I mean, if, is it, if, if they're really from another world, is it like the movie uh, Men in Black, where they were just so afraid that that uh, Americans of the world uh, couldn't handle it? But you know, there's another, I, I think, more logical explanation is that, and why the government, uh, our government, would be uh, hesitant to reveal it would be if uh, another another country, China, or someone had, uh, you know, more advanced technology than uh, we we want to admit. I think it's possible. You know, another thing, you know, you know, Donald Trump uh, is the one who formed the new branch of the military, the Space Force, and uh, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe he knew something about some other, you know, but, uh, rising threat from, out there. From a from a political standpoint, uh, Greg, let me ask you: from a political standpoint, the country now is dealing with these, uh, you know, almost daily uh, stories about Donald Trump, and obviously uh, there is the recent piling on of, of, of other layers of a super indictment against him this past week. And then you've got the uh, the situation with Hunter Biden. There's a lot of legal aspects and things that are going on, very complex stories that are going on. And I'm just wondering the 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 ability of the American people to digest the specificity of those two cases. And then you have, I would say, sort of a popular, you know, out of the blue or or, or out of the skies story comes up about something that a lot of Americans have thought about for many years, that's UFOs. There's never been any serious pursuit of them, certainly by government. They have, they've put their head in the sand and, and, and hidden everything. And then you've got those that still believe, you know, that there needs to be some, the, the government has to come clear on the Kennedy assassination 60 years ago. There's a lot of these things that, that, that are putting into doubt the the competence of uh, the government and and whether or not government will share things with the public because they think the public is smart enough to separate the fact from fiction. Well, We're, I'm not sure that's ever been proven too that we can separate uh, fact from fiction all the time. It is. It does seem. I, I've been on this earth almost seven decades now, and I. It is does seem that the, there's a push against the government and the government's competence more so than. Uh, that I remember in a while. I'm not sure it's over complete over the top like other people think. I, mm -hmm. but when I when I look at my emails, I, I get lots of uh, alerts all day long by email and by by through apps and things like that. And uh, it's kind of funny. I was just noticing today when I was going through them again that 80% of the alerts I get are Donald Trump. Uh, uh -huh. So I, I think he still moves the needle media wise. And other stories seem to be pushed aside right now. Uh, and so it's it's. Um, 
it's amazing. The Hunter Biden story, I kind of on the side, the UFO stories, minimal, all these things that are come up seem to be, you know, one to 2% of the time that's being spent. And, and, and so I, I'm not sure we're going to give all those stories due justice along the way, even yeah. though some of them might turn out to be pretty important. Well, I was surprised that uh, the, the Sunday shows did not do much on this issue uh, today. Uh, obviously, they focused on the Trump and the Biden issues. But again, uh, this other uh, hearing involving uh, UFOs or uh, UABs, um, UAOs, whatever it is now, um, didn't get a lot of coverage. So uh, it's maybe a sleeping issue out there. I wanted to at least touch base before we got on to the big issues of Donald Trump and Hunter Biden. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces. Just by giving her a bear hug, she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Have you seen Oppenheimer? Yeah. Hear that. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, 1-800-723-8029. I now want to get back into uh, one of the core issues I wanted to discuss uh, this week, and that is, and I'm going to start with uh, with you, uh, Greg. Uh, you, you're a longtime Republican. You're not a fan of Donald Trump. Uh, you'd like to find someone other than Donald Trump to be the nominee. But how do you react to the fact that Donald Trump's popularity seems to grow within the Republican Party every time he has a legal setback. Well, if you talk to any Donald Trump supporter, they'll, they'll tell you exactly why, because they, uh, the more that they attack him, the more that they like him, because they think he stood up to the deep state or whatever you want to call it, and that uh, he is one of them. And that's a very, it's a deep feeling for them. And I, I understand it completely. And the, the irony of this is the Democrats don't seem to understand that. They, they keep trying to attack him in some way. I really think they're just making him stronger uh, as right. we go along. We'll see what all these uh, legal cases do uh, in the near future. But I'm not so sure that's going to stop the uh, Trump train in the Republican Party right now at all. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer is if the Republicans really want to move on from Donald Trump. Because right now it doesn't look like they are. Doug, I've adult my same question to you. I mean, you're, you're the strongest Trump supporter we've ever had on this program for many, many years now. Um, I don't believe you've ever doubted Donald Trump at any point. Certainly you haven't articulated that on this program. But what's your answer to the question? Is it is it uh, an elaboration of what Greg had to say? Or are there other factors why Donald Trump continues to get stronger with each legal challenge that's thrown before him? I don't really disagree with anything Greg said, but no, I, I would go further and say I think it's even more uh, so it's, it's not just about the deep state and fighting the deep state. There, there is a, 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 this is Donald Trump's, the Republican Party is Donald Trump's party now. And the vast majority of Republican voters are, are Trump supporters. And he brought millions of new people in who never voted, that never you know, voted for anyone with an R by their name in their, in their lives. We, what I see, and what I, I think millions of others see, is here finally was a man, it was, it was a candidate, a politician. I'll call him a politician. As Trump said, you, you, you run for office and you become president, you're a politician. We finally had a politician that was out there fighting aggressively for us, not the donor class, not the corporations. Um, he, was fighting, he was fighting for regular working Americans. And that was so, someone like me has been around the block in Illinois, so many disappointments on, you know, both, both parties, you know, particularly I'm closer, obviously, to the Republican Party, so many disappointments. Uh, Donald Trump speaks to me, and I was, it's so refreshing to finally have a Republican who stands up and fights against the worst, literally the worst people in the world, and we are never going to desert him. I don't care how many times he's indicted by the worst people in the world. We are not deserting him. And these other candidates should see the writing on the wall now. Okay. It All is DeSantis, right. whoever. It is not going to happen. For I want to get I want to get Bob Fioretti's response to that. For those around the country, Bob Fioretti is a two-time alderman, two-term alderman in the city of Chicago. 
Uh, he ran for mayor twice in the Democratic primary. He ran as a, uh, in, a, in, a in a primary against uh, Kim Fox. And he has also run as a Republican uh, for Cook County board president. And he now describes himself as a, as a Republican who, whose party left him. So uh, he is a, a, new, a new minted uh, Republican. But, Bob, over the years, you, you have seen Donald Trump rise and, and rise and fall and slip and tumble and, and keep getting up again uh, as a new minted Republican. What is your assessment of why Donald Trump continues to to do well uh, when others would have fallen by the wayside? Well, I, I think I'm agreeing with both of the other individuals who just commented on it. Um, I, I think what we see is that he speaks for a lot of a lot of good policies, uh, especially in in terms of supporting the police, uh, making sure we have safe uh, communities, strong communities, safe neighborhoods, safe streets. Uh, he believes in supporting the family. Uh, sometimes his past doesn't reflect that as much, but uh, and family values that if you have children, you better make sure you you take care of them, you educate them, uh, that people should have good jobs. And he's he did a wonder in terms of of creating jobs across this country. Uh, and he also has a belief that education should be uh, powerful, and uh, people should educate their kids and. Uh, and if but you, but you, you are a lawyer now. As a lawyer, not as a Republican, but as a lawyer, um, how do you judge all of the allegations and all of the the trials and tribulations that lie before this man? I well, mean, do I, you just dismiss them, or no? What uh, do you do? Well, unfortunately, um, uh, the way the status quo was set up, this will, if he does go to trial on any of these issues. Uh, they're going to be uh, uh, very divisive in terms of what kind of a jury you pick. Uh, I could see a hung jury in uh, a number of these cases. Uh, conceivably, that is why uh, Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, because he didn't want him to go to trial and divide the nation even further. And we have a very divided nation right now. Uh, we don't see, uh, you know, the Democrats are... Uh, proposing one end, and Donald Trump and the Republican Party are proposing another. Uh, we have a long way to go to bring people together, and nobody wants to talk about it. And I see that's, that becomes the issue out here. Uh, the Democrats have politicized and weaponized the Department of Justice. Uh, there is, uh, over the weekend, uh, a letter going out to uh, what is it, Devin Archer, who is going to testify tomorrow before the House Oversight Committee uh, in terms of dealings of Hunter Biden. Uh, and uh, that letter probably, I mean, the appropriate way of doing that would have been filing a motion before that judge, asking that judge to set a hearing date and uh, having a hearing on it. Instead, a letter threatening the witness goes out. You've got to start scratching your head on what's happening with this Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. And when Donald Trump says, you know, they're coming after you by coming after me, people do believe that. Greg, uh, your reaction to that and, and the, the challenge that we have a two-tier justice system, do the Republicans who despise Donald Trump for a variety of reasons, do they at least believe him on that point or not? I, I'm not sure they do. Uh, actually, I, 
It's interesting. I, I'm not sure why. Uh, I mean, just as a case in point, I'm not sure why they're going after Hunter Biden. If there's influence peddling, that part I understand. All the all the rest of the stuff, I just don't understand. I I think they're just trying to get to the president uh, through his son, uh, unless unless uh, the influence peddling through with other countries. But the rest of it seems nonsense. Do you think there's? Do you think there has been a proper amount of discussion about the relationship of the president and his son over the last five years? I and think there's does the public I, really know what what happened there. I think they know more in the last six months than they haven't known in the last five years. And as these things do happen over the years, uh, we've all been through this. Uh, things slowly come out, slowly come out, and then there's then there's something there. Uh, we've all seen that over the years. Mm -hmm. So there may there may be something there on that one. Uh, and so I, but you know the the weaponizing of the Justice Department. Not I'm not sure I, I buy all that. Even though I I will, I will tell you there's some odd things going on. Uh, and I, again, going to this. Uh, the Hunter Biden thing when the judge uh, withheld the uh, the plea agreement because mm -hmm. of um, gr granted the immunity for almost everything when they was there for the tax charges that's right that's problematic that that's why people say those things that what's going on here and is is there a system of justice for some and not for others because I but you know the the flip side of this is if you take Trump and you see the I'm not sure they're going to get them on the classified material uh, because politicians, and this is just as a, you know, 23 year Marine, this angers me more than I could possibly tell you. But if I had left one confidential document out overnight on a desk, I would have lost my career. I would have lost my career and damn near immediately. All the politicians going back for so long to different, different administrations, seem to treat this stuff as as nothing and yet the military continues to get hit on this stuff all the time and that really bothers me and the fact that people are cavalier about that from both parties really bothers me uh, uh, bruce, i want to go to bob bob uh, and then uh, yeah Doug. uh bruce you know i i understand what greg was saying but you know one thing that now president biden said during the debates was that his son never made any money from any of these dealings, and he denied that his son made any of that money, and instead pointed saying, the only person who's ever made any money was this man on the stage pointing to uh, President Trump. You know, and now the facts are coming out that uh, the Biden family knew a lot more than what they're saying. They made a lot of money from the Ukraines, from Romania, from uh, China. And we all have to be very uh, suspect on what's happening with uh, the Department of Justice and, and across the board. Mm -hmm. Doug, quick response to you. Well, obviously, the Democrats thought that the, the Hunter Biden information was a big deal because uh, Biden's Justice Department uh, intervened uh, with with uh, big tech to keep that that, that whole story uh they, they, they lied about the laptop and, and kept it hidden right before the 2020 election, which probably that alone, that alone very well could have made the, the difference. In, uh, okay. In, uh, Doug, I want to follow up. I, I want to follow up on that point. We do have to break. I do want to follow up specifically on that point when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont from Coast to Coast and Border to Border and around the world at BeyondTheBeltway.com. Don't go away.
Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thanks very much for joining us. It's uh, part of the program where we ask each guest to spend uh, 15 to 20 seconds to tell them, uh, tell you all a little bit about their background above and beyond the brief uh, thumbnail sketch that I gave. And I'm going to start with you, uh, Doug Ibendahl, for people who listen to this program. They've heard you for many, many years. But uh, tell everybody a little bit about what you do other than uh, wave the banner for Donald Trump. Sure. And, and thanks uh, again, Bruce, for having me on again. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Chicago lawyer. And um, like you said, I've been a Republican activist for a long time or years than I'd like to admit and a uh, big Trump supporter proudly. Okay. And uh, Greg Ballard, let's ask uh, 
a little more background on you. Turn, turn your mic on, if you will, uh, Greg. We're not hearing you. Uh, yeah, go. Greg Bell, in and out with Native. Uh, joined the Marine Corps for 23 years after uh, I got a, out of college. And then when I uh, retired from the Marine Corps in 2001, two, uh, six years later, I'm all of a sudden the mayor of uh, Indianapolis. And I did that for two terms, had a great, had a wonderful two terms. And uh, I think we made a lot of progress in the city. So, and uh, recently just moved back to Indianapolis. Ever explore higher office than mayor of Indianapolis? I've been asked that repeatedly, governor, senator, and U.S. representative, but I've declined them all so far, and I I think I'll probably continue to do so. And uh, before we leave uh, the state of Indiana, give us your assessment of uh, uh, what's likely to happen there. There's going to be a a race for for governor and I believe senator as well. Uh, What's your take on what's happening in in Indiana? Yeah, that's that's really a great question because I thought uh, Suzanne Crouch, the uh, lieutenant governor, would have the upper hand in all of this. Now I'm not so sure. Senator Braun has a pretty wide uh, statewide appeal also. Uh, and the uh, former attorney general just entered the race also, which is, and he, it, when he ran for attorney general the first time, uh, he got more votes than anybody in the history of Indiana. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. And for the Senate, is Senator Young going back again? Uh, Senator, well, Senator Young just got back in, and Senator okay. Banks, I think, is going to okay. be filling Senator Braun. Senator Braun is. Uh, getting out of the Senate to run for governor. And I think uh, Jim Banks, Representative Jim Banks, will probably fill that position. Okay. Uh, Bob, if you're ready. Thanks. And thank you for having me here today. Also, I have to say I'm an attorney here in the city of Chicago and around the uh, uh, several state area. I am uh, affiliated with the Disparity Law Group, doing a lot of personal injury, but I also have my own small firm uh, that we have class actions pending on a variety of matters. We um, are also handling a lot of bond issues and uh, helping a lot of the distressed suburbs that uh, if we find this way with the bond issue right now and helping uh, the city of Harvey, it will probably be the pathway for cities across the state of Illinois. And your, your transition from a Democrat to a Republican, how did that happen? Well, I've always been standing up for fiscal responsibility, family values, uh, law enforcement. Uh, I, I saw the, the Democratic Party did not do that. Uh, and I was moving away from it for quite a while. Uh, I became the lone voice sometimes in the city council voting against uh, increases on taxes. Uh, in fact, there was one time, if you go on YouTube, Daly's rant, and he's about a 10 minute uh, uh, screaming at me because I voted against the transfer tax, which is now they're trying to increase it in, even more mm-hmm. uh, under the mansion tax in Chicago. Uh, so uh, the Democratic Party has left most working people. My dad was a uh, pipe fitter in the pipe fitter union. Uh, he had his own company, but uh, I think if he was alive today, he'd say, what happened to the Democratic Party? And we should also mention that you're a 12-year cancer survivor. Yes, and uh, I had a little... Wrote a book on it. Uh, wrote a small uh, book that uh, people, you know, somebody saw it, uh, bought a 1,000 copies, and uh, I, I do have them available. I, I'm down to about 50 of them left at this point, but uh, it's been good, so... All right, before we get back to our discussion, let's go to calls. Let's go to John listening to us in McHenry, Illinois. He's got a question about Donald Trump. Yes, um, just uh, wanted to hear what the panelists have to say about 
the Washington Post breaking the story last night about um, the uh, Trump campaign has spent over $40 million on legal fees, and this is in light of the fact that the, the campaign had promised in uh, solicitations for contributions that only 10% will go to administrative costs or legal fees. And obviously, you know, it's all documented pretty well as far as what all the charges are about. But does the Trump people, do they need to redo their messaging as far as, well, we have legal fees to pay? And uh, you, you can't claim 90-10 anymore because when 75 cents on the dollar are going for legal fees versus your campaigning. All right, let's let um, Doug, let's let let's let uh, stay on the line, please. But let's let uh, Doug tackle that. Doug, go ahead. Well, who knows? Well, who knows if the Washington Post has their numbers right? But um, I, I have no problem with uh, that uh, money going for legal fees. First of all, it's disclosed. It is disclosed on the on the donor page, and I believe that's only the. Uh, that's that's only a super PAC. I don't. That's that's not the actual uh, federal campaign. But that's that's what people expect. Donald Donald Trump is, is out there fighting the deep state. We got we got corrupt prosecutions. What 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 is he supposed to do? I mean, honestly, does there, I'm sure he's given does, much does, of his own money. Does that not 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 to Doug, is going for fighting. Doug does does that include several thousand dollars for Melania's Melania's dresses? Is that a, is that a fair use of a, a donor's money? I I I I haven't heard that, Bruce. Honestly, I, I okay. have no idea. I, I've never I've never even heard that allegation. Okay. Okay. I, I, I know. I know other candidates have done it. I know other candidates have certainly done it. It's not unusual. I've never heard it about the lobby. Okay. Trump. Last last word to John. Go ahead, John. Right. Just uh, uh, there was a, an excellent analysis done by. Uh, California Target Books research director that came out last night on uh, through Twitter, and he did specifically talk about the $150,000 from Melania Trump's um, stylist. But overall, though, $40.2 million and uh, going for legal fees, I guess the, the average donor, the average Republican, the people that, as, as Mr. Ebenall said, whom Trump brought into the party, and they're asked to give money for the campaign, do they generally know, do they need to you know, check their messaging to ensure that full disclosure, a lot of your contributions has to go to legal fees, as Mr. Evolve said, fighting the deep state. Well, I'll let the right. comments and thank you for sharing. John, John, I want, John, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask okay. you a question I asked the panel earlier. Uh, okay. You obviously have concerns about Donald Trump. Uh, my question to you is, why is it that Donald Trump appears to be so popular amongst Republican voters? Now, we should mention he's not he, he, he's not in a majoritarian position in that Republican field yet. Uh, you know, he's in the 40s, but he's not over 50, and he certainly isn't over 50 in the general population. So what is it about the Republicans out there that continue to support him with each legal problem he runs into? Okay, Bruce, uh, you said the key word, it appears, because yes. a lot of the polling that I've been seeing and, and looking at, I mean, they're questionable polls, and any poll that has Donald Trump with a greater than 20 or 25-point lead over DeSantis, I start to see that's not a valid poll, it's either a push poll, or it's meant to get a desired result, and they're trying to put metrics to back it up. Yeah, but a lead, but a, but a lead of 20 points is still, 
that that's pretty significant. I I haven't seen many polls that he exceeds twenty five percent, but again, he's got a good he's got a very good cushion over uh, over uh, you know Ron DeSantis. I, I hear so, you. I, certainly, we're also five and a half months ahead of the first votes that count being cast in Iowa on January fifteenth and New Hampshire on uh, you know, January twenty third and so forth. I say. Let's see what the voters are going to say. There's a lot of time between now yes, and the is. end of the year. And that's what I want to point out is that there is still early polling. It's really still inside baseball. I mean, last night there was a, a rally in Erie, Pennsylvania, and Trump only filled no more than two-thirds of that arena of a 9,000-seat arena. That's not John, John, are you Republican? John, are you a Republican? Are you a Republican? Uh, I'm actually an independent. I'm actually an, I'm the kind of guy you got to convince in the general. Did you? And I and did, I, I know how you, camera angles work at at events like that. And I've seen too many camera angles to say it's, it wasn't full. It's just like picking South Carolina on July first. Here's my here's my I, question. I, I, here's, I, I, just I, I, a minute. I want I want to ask John a follow up, and then we're going to move on. Uh, John, who is your choice right now? I realize a lot can happen uh, between uh, now and and come January. Uh, when Iowa uh, caucus goers go, but who do you like right now? You're an independent. Who's out there yes, that interests right now, you? Right now, I like Governor DeSantis only because, first off, he, he's younger and he has a proven record as a governor. He has a proven record serving our country in the United States Armed Forces. He was in the Navy. He also has a proven record of results. He signed such important legislation in Florida, particularly to protect our children, from the from the woke ideology in our public schools and he's he's a proven champion and when we're having to face you know because the democrats also want trump to win the republican nomination because they think he beat him i I read a report from cook political this past week you only have four real toss-up battleground states if it's trump biden too Mm -hmm. there's only four states that are battleground I wrote an essay a couple of months ago on, and read on this program that uh, uh, I agree with those four, but I would I would add a fifth. But I think there's there's five there's five states where this election is going to be won or lost. Donald Trump won them all in 2016. He lost them all in 2020. And again, the political climate in those states uh, looks to be less likely to support Donald Trump. But that's my opinion. Uh, I think Donald Trump can win the nomination, but I don't think he can win the, nom- win the election. That's my opinion. Back shortly from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. 
Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you, and what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not. They really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect, so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back, and we continue. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine is the phone number, and uh, I want to go to uh, uh, Greg Ballard and, and ask you to sort of uh, handicap the rest of that field. Uh, John from McHenry County was was ticking off the uh, the pluses as he saw them with uh, uh, with Governor DeSantis. Uh, uh, do you have a favorite in the race at the moment, or are you mulling choices between several uh, candidates? Actually, I'm mulling choices right now. It's it's interesting. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy seems to be in third place right now, from what I understand. Yes. Uh -huh. So so that's very interesting by itself. Uh, what's going to happen? I, I I really I don't I don't know. I'm getting um. I have certain things that I look at all the time, and I, uh, I you know I'm not I don't want to be supporting uh, Donald Trump as I did in the past because of several issues. Uh, he did lots of great policies, no question about that. Mm -hmm. But I, there's certain things that just really bother me uh, about that. But uh, he's in such a lead now. But the thing that I that I always remember is that I, in my lifetime, I could be wrong about this, but in my lifetime, uh, a non-incumbent presidential candidate who has led two years out has never become the candidate as I, that I can recall. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's led two years out has never been uh, has never won the primary. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, I'm not sure the court cases are going to do anything to Donald Trump, but I'm just not sure what's going to happen here within the next uh, six or eight months. What, what what was the point that that turned you off to Trump? You said there was a was a January sixth or something else. 
No, I think that was probably the topper. But I mean, there are other things. I mean, there was several things. I mean, when he did that press conference about uh, shining lights down people to kill the COVID vaccine and you know that, that sort of stuff, and uh, those sorts of things really kind of get to me. Uh, plus, there's a an authoritarian bent to it. I don't, I don't think the country is well served. I, I mean, I was a government executive. I understand you want to be the authoritative person and, and make most of the decisions. I get that completely, but I just think it kind of went a little bit over the top uh, with President Trump. In previous visits to this program, you've identified yourself, your former, you know, friend of, of, of the vice president. Uh, uh, but but you, you also don't think that uh, he's going to go far. You're not supporting him now. And he he seems to be one of those that's, uh, uh, you know, trying to, to, to find some money to get on that stage. And, and we're talking about the, you know, Mike Pence. Uh, what, what, what nice, nice guy in politics. <laughs> Absolutely, the nicest guy in politics, and I mean that sincerely. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a wonderful man, uh, great family, all of that. He's got a son in the Marine Corps, who's a pilot. Just just uh, just a wonderful guy. But not but I just your don't guy. think. Yeah, I just don't think he understands the average person. I, I think he's in a little bit of a bubble with the people that he surrounds himself, and I'm not sure he understands the average American. Mm-hmm. One last question: Is there anyone else in that field? You mentioned, uh, you know, Ramaswamy is being sort of the surprise at the moment, uh, edging uh, or, or pushing DeSantis at the moment. Uh, is there anyone else in that race that uh, you think, do you, do you think Ramaswamy is a serious challenger for this nomination? Uh, I do. I do at the moment. Ab- absolutely. But I mean, who at this point in time thought Donald Trump would win in 2016? So, yeah, I, I think anything could possibly happen to me. I was the one in the million shot when I... Uh, when I won the mayor's office in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. which is a heavily democratic city. Yeah. So anything, anything can happen. I, I, I've, I've been keeping an eye on Nikki Haley I, and uh, be frank with you. I, uh, Tim Scott is trying, trying to interest me a little bit right now too. So we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how I, how I start leading here shortly. Uh, Doug Ibendahl, question to you. Are you surprised that Vivek Ramaswamy seems to be, uh, uh, you know, one of the darlings at, at least at the moment, even though he's a long way back? from Donald Trump, but he seems to be uh, galvanizing uh, some support, uh, unlike some of the other uh, more well-known national figures. Well, no, not that surprised. He is way back. Actually, I I would, uh, I I heard somebody say that um, he's in third place. Actually, the the most recent polls I've seen, most of them, he's in second place. Mm -hmm. That's how fast uh, DeSantis is is falling. Um, they're, They're very distant second and third. But um, no, he, he he's young, and he you know he talks a lot of things you know pie in the sky that uh, he would he would never get through. I suspect maybe he's running for a cabinet position. But what is he? Thirty seven. He's barely yeah. old enough under the constitution yeah. to be president, which 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 is fine. He's perfectly, he's eligible to run. But this this thing is over. I mean, I, I think this is uh, I, I, with all due respect to the to the mayor. Um, he doesn't know. He really doesn't know the Republican base. Certainly doesn't know MAGA, the, the 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 Trump base, which is the majority of the party now. They are loyal. They are. We are not abandoning this man. It is not happening. In fact, you know, even even the Doug. Le, Doug, let me Doug. Let me ask. Let me ask you a key question here, because most of the panelists, or most of the analysts, rather, have been asking the question. All right, you have you have the anti anybody but Trump Republicans, and that may include you know uh, <laughs> Mayor Ballard tonight. You have that group, and there's a question as to whether or not 
if Donald Trump is the nominee, how many of those people, if any, would go and support him in the in the general election against Joe Biden? Okay, and there's been discussion of that. There hasn't been a lot of discussion about what happens if someone other than Donald Trump gets that nomination. Where do the MAGA Republicans go? Do they support that candidate who has beaten Donald Trump, or do they sit on their hands? I don't think they're going to vote for Biden, but what do they do if you and your friends don't win the nomination? Well, it's, 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 it's a moot point. That's not happening. It's so not a moot, Doug, Doug, it's, not a, it's not a moot question. It's not a moot question. It, it is a possibility. What do you do? I'll tell, I'll tell you what happens, Bruce. You're saying that Trump can't, you don't think Trump can be elected? I'll tell you what happens if anyone else was nominated for the Republican Party. Other states that are in the bag, like Iowa, Pennsylvania, Ohio, now come into play again. Totally that's, agree. That's how big it is. Totally agree with that. I agree yeah. with that assessment. But again, yeah. my question to you is, in other words, the, there isn't anybody else that you would support for president if Donald Trump doesn't make it. You would sit on your hands. I, I would, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I suppose I would, as a Republican, lifelong Republican, I, yes, I would vote for the Republican nominee as long as he wasn't like, you know, some crazy whack job saying crazy whack job things. Yes, I would. A lot of the millions, of, many millions that Trump brought in will not. Okay, we've got a pause. We'll be back with another full hour coming up with all of our guests. 1-800-723-8029. Changing gears and new subjects in our next hour. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. 
It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Bruce Lamont back with a big shame on you, Chuck Todd. Shame on you, Chuck Todd. If you watched Meet the Press today, you heard uh, Chuck Todd dismiss Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, and he just dismissive. It's a clown show. He's got a clown show. Well, I don't think the uh, the host of a nationally reputation, nationally reputed uh, talk show like Meet the Press, the oldest running show in television history, and the head of NBC News as an executive should dismiss anybody uh, with that that disgusting response that he had today to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You may disagree with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. There's a lot of people obviously disagree with him. It's about 20% of the Democrats that seem to agree with him. But to dismiss him as a clown show, I think is uh, is is ridiculous. Uh, any response? Uh, you're a, you're a former Democrat, so look across the aisle. Let's look let's look at the issues that the Democrats are facing, uh, Bob. And uh, that is, you have an 80 year old president, you have a vice president that nobody seems to really appreciate, and uh, you have uh, at least two uh, challengers. And according to the press today, uh, Dean Phillips, who is a young representative from uh, the great state of Minnesota, that he is considering running and entering the Democratic primary and is going to visit some donors in New York City tomorrow. So how how solid is Joe Biden's standing as the nominee right now? Well, I think he's pretty solid as it stands right now. But uh, I think we heard from the last uh, uh, discussion in the last portion of the show that things are changing rapidly out there. You know, I I said earlier that uh, I haven't changed my priorities one bit. The the Democratic Party changed. I still believe in the promise of America. I'm a first-generation American, uh, and I do believe that this is the land of opportunity. I think the next few weeks with these uh, congressional hearings that are going on, we're going to find out a lot about what Joe Biden did, what Hunter Biden did. Anybody can see that our national security is compromised at the border with the fentanyl coming over. Uh, thousands, hundred, almost uh, 200,000 uh, coming across the border a month at this point. Mm-hmm. And where are they landing? Uh, and why and who benefits from all these people coming into this country? It's sure not us at this stage. Um, who do you I, think benefits? Uh, 
Who, well, who benefits? Maybe from this? maybe the countries that are sending them. Seventy percent of them are really younger men who are their workforce and what they have to do here. So uh, and then they send money back to those uh, to their own countries, their own families. Right. So a lot can be done. Um, you know, when we talk about Joe Biden and Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, and they are wrapped up together, and uh, it's a long way to the nomination. I still believe that uh, uh, Joe Biden will not be the nominee, and okay. somebody else will be. Mayor Ballard, you said in the first segment you didn't think that the the Hunter Biden issue was was that important, at least to you, or maybe was being overplayed by the by the Republicans. Uh, where do you, what is your assessment of whether or not this has touched the president himself in any way? Yeah, except for the influence peddling, which I think is problematic. But I, I, I agree that I, there's something tells me that Joe Biden is not going to be the candidate. I don't know what it is, but there's just a lot of things coming together right now. Uh, I read an article just this morning that RFK Junior's uh, uh, personal approval ratings is higher than Joe Biden's. Higher than anybody's. Higher than anybody's. Any politicians. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just don't know what to make of that. Gavin Newsom is, is talking about uh, getting into the race if something happens, and I, there, there's something that kind of tells me that uh, President Biden is not going to be making a, a, an attempt for a second term, and I, I don't know. Something just gnaws at me that that's not going to happen. So I just Doug, uh, do you believe in that? Did you again? We're asking you to look across the aisle now. So put your put your objective commentators hat on. Uh, what do you see happening on the on the other side of the the aisle? I can't imagine that the Democrats are the ones in the know. Uh, think that they're going to go forward with. Uh, Joe Biden next year. I, I don't. I don't see it could possibly happen. Putting aside the the elder, putting the elder abuse aside, you know, shame on his wife and family for letting it go on this long. The man has major problems. But I no. I, I think I think Democrats have, are just trying to. They don't want Joe to become a lame duck. So they're trying to keep everyone in line until their powers to be decide who the you know who it, who they should hand it off to. But of course, they have the other problem with Kamala there. Who you know, uh, as VP, of course, you know, would think I would imagine thinks she's entitled to the Dodd, but I think Republicans thinking, or I'm sorry, thinking Democrats, I think have a big uh, would have a big problem going forward with Kamala at the top of the ticket. Yeah, what what about that, Bob? What I mean is, is she she's obviously linked to Joe Biden. But I don't know how you get rid of Joe Biden or, or encourage him to step down unless there is a huge health issue, which can happen to anybody, as you know. Um, how do they get rid of her? Well, I think how that's, do they a, pro- I think that's a problem they're dealing with. Yeah. And uh, she represents a so-called a solid block of the African-American community to vote for, uh, for Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, despite the failures of... Uh, what the Democrats have done to the African-American community. If she, in your view, because we should mention that you were a two-term alderman of, of a ward in Chicago, which was a heavily black ward. You represented them uh, well. Obviously, you were reelected. You have a very strong support within the African-American community when you were the alderman. So you know you know the community. Um, how would they feel if she gets dumped? Well, I, I, I'm surprised, and uh, Doug is out there talking uh, about Trump, and that I've seen so many in the 
African-American community, especially on the South Side, saying they would vote for Trump. They've come up to me and say, uh, often you should be in this office, and uh, I'm voting for Trump uh, no matter what. And I am surprised at the uh, effort of many black Americans, black uh, people in Chicago saying uh, that they would vote for Trump. So you do not believe that Cornell West is a serious threat to Joe Biden in a, in a general election? I was about to say in who, but, you know, uh, no, I don't believe that at all. And uh, but somebody could be uh, who came forward who was African American. And who was the person in the the Democratic Party? Doug mentioned, you know, that you go to the Grand Poobahs in the party and they just say, "Okay, Mr. President, it's time for you to step aside." Uh, who are those people? Well, I think they're the money people, those that have interest contracts, um, those that uh, deal with foreign powers. Um, and China, whether it's China, Russia, uh, the Ukraine, uh, those are the ones that will tell Joe Biden to step aside. George Soros? Uh, Soros has enough of a, a, a play, but I'm not sure if he's the one who makes that ultimate decision here. How about Obama? What about Obama? What about Michelle Obama? Well, Obama, obviously. Uh, I mean, is, telling, him to get, telling him to leave. You know, uh, well, Obama knew what was happening when Joe Biden was vice president. And I think that's why they pushed him out and and, uh, and pushed Hillary Clinton instead. So they knew then, but uh, now Joe Biden was the only alternative uh, the last time around. No, I think that's a good point that uh, the Obama people knew a lot about what was going on with their vice president. And he was perhaps a little... Uh, out of control. But anyway, I'm Bruce Dumont back shortly. 1-800-723-8289. Who's your future leader of the Democratic? Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. If you're talking to me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. 
For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and uh, during the break, Bob and I were talking briefly about uh, uh, this past week. We both saw the movie Oppenheimer. It took a long time to get the seats. It was uh, an early performance uh, showing last night. Uh, But if you've not seen the movie, it is a terrific motion picture. I don't know whether how many of our guests have seen it, but Bob, you, you did see it. So what was your reaction? I, I, you know what it was, it showed a story of somebody and, and they were trying to say he was so troubled by uh, the dropping of the bomb mm-hmm. uh, and the development of it. But we, what we really have to look at was what happened on the atrocities. I may have also mentioned, I knew somebody who dropped the, uh, uh, who actually lived in the Pullman neighborhood, uh, just a regular guy, a bridge tender, who was a co-pilot on the second plane that dropped the bomb. Uh, he had, And I got him to speak at various places, and uh, people would line up and say, uh, and bring a younger person, whether a son or grandson, and say, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be alive today. Uh, I, I think... You know, Oppenheimer probably, and I read a story that he wrote in the Atlantic many, many years ago in the 60s, and, and uh, he was looking at how we contain it. And uh, um, my friend and somebody I looked up to when I was growing up um, said, you know, they unleashed a, some, a, a terror that should never have been happening ever mm-hmm. again. Um, but I've also seen uh, during this period of time um, uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an unbelievable mo- uh, show, uh, a true story, but it's not getting the type of play in the mainstream media. It is because of the numbers uh, uh, that uh, tickets sold. I, I serve as vice chair of the uh, uh, anti-human trafficking com- committee for the Chicago Bar Association. So, and Chicago is a global center for human trafficking. I once brought a resolution in front of the city council dealing with the effort, and people were absolutely stunned on what's ha- what happens in Chicago, and that was 10-plus years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And um, 
the Indiana Jones movie, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, all good movies, good sort movie. of, uh, but you know, you got to look at them all. Uh, Doug and, and the mayor, have you seen uh, any of these movies that you'd like to offer a comment on? I, I, I am. Not the, the two. Right. Go ahead, Doug. Oh, sorry. I, no, I, I have not, but I'm looking forward to seeing both of those, uh, the, uh, the Sound of Freedom and uh, Oppenheimer that uh, Mr. Fioretti gave such a good uh, – uh, excellent re- review of. Looking forward to seeing. Both it is of those. well. It's it's. Uh, uh, Greg, have you seen either movie yet, or any of the movies lately? No, you know, as we, uh, we just moved back in, we haven't got our rhythm back yet, so no. we haven't been going to the movies at all. Yet. Well, I would I would strongly recommend go see Oppenheimer. Given your background, I'd be most interested in. And again, uh, if you're a, a fan of movies, this is a real motion picture. This is like the good old days of the big blockbusters. Great acting, great storytelling. It's three hours, so uh, go to the bathroom. Go to the go to the bathroom before you go see the movie. Absolutely, and, and, and keep away from the uh, you know, from the coke. Bruce, one thing I do want to comment today is uh, nation uh, across the, the world, the UN and human trafficking uh, day. And uh, one thing about Trump, he raised the issue of human trafficking. No other president did that. Uh, I may have done it before. He did it in the city council, but uh, uh, he brought to the light on human trafficking here in the United States and worldwide. And I does, do have them. I do give him credit for that. How does, by the way, we should mention that several weeks ago, uh, Laurel Bellows, who's the former past president of the American Bar Association, mm-hmm. was here. That has been a pet topic of hers for many years. So she laid out uh, the significance of the problem. Uh, the film is Sound of Freedom. Uh, if you have not seen it, I think it's the number three movie in the country at the moment. Um, and it is, it's an incredible story. I mean, it, for, as, as movie making, it isn't, it is an Oppenheimer, but it is a great story about an issue that is alive and well in the country. And uh, supposedly, according to what that film said, uh, it will soon pass drug trafficking as the biggest moneymaker for the cartels and the cartels that are involved in the drugs are involved in, 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 uh, in the human trafficking or slavery, as Oral Bell has called it. Mm-hmm. And why, why, why Chicago? You said Chicago was a... Is it a uh, global center pre-COVID? Uh, uh, there were about 25,000 acts of prostitution in the city of Chicago a day. Uh, it undermines our legal authority. It undermines what police do. Uh, if we can't stop that, and and not only is sex trafficking an issue, uh, the workplace uh, right. trafficking too. So we have a it's serious problem together, here yeah. in this country. Uh, Mr. Mayor, let me turn to you as a former two-term mayor of uh, a great American city as you look at, uh, I don't know what the crime statistics are in, uh, uh, in the city that you love, but uh, they certainly aren't... Uh, very impressive anywhere else in the country. Uh, how would you go about and what advice would you give to any presidential candidate or president as to what we can do to make America's cities safer? Yeah, actually, there's uh, several things. I mean, just at the city level, uh, the police are important, but they're not, they're not always, everybody thinks they're everything when it comes to this, and it's really not. A lot of this, mm-hmm. and this is going to be a strange thing for some people who want to understand this, but even the lower level criminals want the really bad guys behind bars because they're very, very dangerous. And I don't think we do enough work 
have enough prosecutorial action, uh, enough emphasis on making and, and identifying who the really violent, dangerous people are and getting them off the street. I think that would be, go a long way. Uh, certainly we, we did that. We brought, we brought the numbers down about uh, from about 125 to about in the, into the 90s for four years straight when I became the mayor. And we kept it down there for four years. But uh, those are and the relationships that you have to have with each other. It's uh, the feds, the state, and the city kind of have to all work together. And I don't see that happening very often, frankly. Uh, I think we did pretty good with that. But uh, across the across the country, uh, you, you got to support the police, but you also got to have prosecutors uh, and the relationships up to the federal level to make sure that the really, really bad people uh, go away and go away for a long time. The lower level guys, let's work with them. Let's get them out. Let's get them retrained, uh, re-educated or whatever. And, and, and that, though, though that part doesn't bother me very much, but the, there are some seriously bad people out there, and I think that would go a long way. Doug, what's, so what's, your, what's your take on, uh, on the bigger, broader issue? I know that uh, you know, you know, Trump was, was very good on, on uh, criminal justice reform. There's a lot of people that said that was a good thing that Trump did. There are some, even Trumpsters, who feel that that was not a good thing, that he maybe let too many people out of prison. But at this point, given the, uh, the explosion of crime as a major issue in, in every major city of the United States, uh, have we reached a point where we need to talk about building more jails or prisons and putting people away? Because we've gone through a decade when uh, uh, the pendulum seemed to be swinging against, uh, against the idea of incarceration. Well, what, what, um, what the mayor was saying made a lot of sense to me. And... Um... And of course, Mr. Fioretti been on the you know been in the, in the trenches as, as an alderman. But what the, what the mayor was saying about the uh, small group of the most violent criminals that 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 is consistent with a, a lot that I've read, including uh, uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr, who I'm not a particular fan of now, especially the way he's uh, hitting Trump. But I did read his book, and one thing I did agree with was he talked about when he was had previously been. Uh, Attorney General of the United States, and they, the, the federal government had worked much more closely with local governments. I think that's what the mayor is talking about. And uh, because what they found was actually it's, it's a very, and the mayor is the mayor's talking about this, I believe, that it's, it's really a, a very small, tiny, tiny, tiny uh, segment of the population that are committing the vast majority, the lion's share of these uh, most violent crimes. And there needs to be more uh, attention to those folks. The uh, Bruce, you mentioned the uh, Donald Trump's, uh, uh, you know, prison prison reform. But you know, that was really for the benefit. Really talking about, you know, nonviolent criminals, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, famously a woman that uh, basically got a life sentence for right, you know, driving the getaway car or something like that. You know. Second chance, well, about the second, the second yeah, chance. Yeah, but that, but but isn't that one of the reasons why he did so well in uh, in getting more black support at the polls, because he was dealing with an issue that was primarily, uh, and not exclusively, but primarily an issue in the African American communities. Sure, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it did help. Just like these, uh, just like these phony, these these corrupt indictments. I mean, it, if there's you know if there's if there's a group that can identify with being with being harassed and unfairly targeted by, you know, by uh, by by law enforcement. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be uh, 
you know, a, a lot of a lot of black folks can uh, can can identify with that. I'm sure. So you believe that when Donald Trump says he wears these indictments as a badge of honor, um, you believe that some people will be hearing it uh, in a very positive way. Yeah, you gotta make you gotta make the best of it. I mean, I I feel I feel bad for the man. I mean, he's done nothing but work his butt off uh, for us, and uh, you know he he still gets this treatment day after day. I mean, I think it's terrible. I I, I uh, I'm not going to abandon someone. Most be a, a normal human being would have walked away a long time ago. Would go to the beach with his, you know, supermodel wife, and just enjoy the rest of his life. But uh, as long as he's in this fight, uh, you know, m- most Republicans are going to be too. Okay, at least at least uh, those that support you. And you said, but but I want when I when I want to come back, I want to I want to find out because Donald Trump is not yet the majoritarian spot in these primaries he's up at the upper 40s or lower 40s but when we come back i want to come back to where we started the conversation is what can each side in the republican party do to convince the other side to vote their way i'm bruce dumont back shortly don't go away At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pot has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, You should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, let's go back to telephone calls. David is listening to us in San Francisco. David, you're on the air. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, I heard you talking about the divisions in the party and Trump. And, you know, for years, uh, what is it now, eight years since he's been on the uh, electoral stage, I've been warning that he is a money launderer and organized crime. And the people that are trapped obeying him, their reputations are quickly getting sapped uh, toward uh, that recognition. And uh, they're going to have to decide whether or not they're going to go down in history as being well, what, organized crime. Let me, let me interrupt you, because obviously those are serious charges, and I know Doug will want to respond. But what do you mean by money launder, laundering by the, 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 the Trump family? You're talking about Trump and the family? Well, yeah. Or are you talking about, are you you, talking about Biden? It, I'm confused. Who are you talking about, Trump or Biden? Trump. Trump. Okay. All right. How how is that, how, does, how does that laundering work in your view? And then I'm going to let Doug respond. Well, he he started, uh, you know, with his Roy Cohn connections, but it also has to do with a building like, uh, you know, Trump Towers. And you start looking at the international trade that goes through a Trump Towers. You're obviously dealing with currencies, various types of currencies, and you got to do currency exchange in a building like that. And when you get into currency exchange and foreign policy, there is a temptation to sway foreign policy in order to boost or drop a currency so that you can buy and okay. sell those currencies at your best advantage. Doug, now, da- David, 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 I'm gonna, David, David, I'm going to stop you right there. You've made the charge. I'm going to get the response from Doug. And then we're going to move on. I only okay? made a part of the charge. Yeah. And again, just a second. I only okay. made a part of the charge. Okay. Well, but you, 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 well, you've made your I'll point. Respond. Go ahead, Doug Ibendal. Well, I, Dave from uh, San Francisco, the, the uh, completely unfounded allegations that throw out fairly uh, dignified response. But I would say Donald Trump is the most investigated human being probably in world history. I mean, I, I, honestly. And, and, and if a foreign person, a foreign national, someone from another country stays at a hotel, in a, in a Trump hotel and pays, pays the, the going rate, that is not money laundering. That's what, that's what, that's what hotels do. Um, Bruce, I had the same question you did when he was talking about the money laundering. But, but now let's go. So there's zero evidence, zero evidence to support those, uh, those crazy allegations about Trump. But there's, there's, there's actually quite a bit of, quite a bit of, uh, of, uh, of evidence, uh, credible evidence. To support it on the uh, the Biden family side, and we're we're, we're going to be hearing more about that um, 
as, as time goes on, mm-hmm. hopefully some as early as next week. Okay, listen, thanks very much for your call. I'm going to move on. I'm going to switch gears because there's been a lot of talk about whether or not Joe Biden is too old to be president of the United States, at least for another four years. Uh, there are some suggest that Donald Trump, who's four years younger, might also be, uh, uh, you know, m- maybe losing it a bit, although that has not been apparent, although he seems to be a little less energized because you don't see him as much as you used to, but I'm not going to suggest that he has any health issues. Uh, I'm 79 years old, so I know what slowness uh, means uh, when you uh, when you get to that age. But, but a big story that broke last week was what happened with uh, Senate uh, Leader uh, Mitch McConnell when at, a, at an impromptu press conference, he froze for about 19 or 20 seconds and could not speak. And then later in the week, there was a mishap on the part of Dianne Feinstein, the 90-plus-year-old senator from California, uh, who, when called upon, started to give a speech when she was only called upon to vote. So these were two incidents where uh, the age of one Republican, one Democrat, were called into attention. And so, uh, Greg Ballard, I'm going to talk with you. Uh, uh, I'm sure that you have a lot of friends that have been up in years that have served uh, uh, the state of Indiana well. Some may be old, some may be young, some may be feeble, feeble, and some may be real honorable. But my question to you is, does, does this raise the possibility that there should be some regulations for the age requirement for someone to run for president or to run for the United States Senate? Uh, there, are, there are minimum obligations that you have to have age-wise. Should there be a maximum limit as to what is needed to run for public office in America? Greg? Actually, I don't think there should be an upper age requirement for it, but uh, I, I, the, the two incidents this past week were, were problematic, and I, I'm, I am in favor of having cognitive tests when they're, when they're warranted. People do age differently physically and mentally. I, I, I knew a 100-year-old man, gentleman, wonderful guy, was lucid uh, until the day he died at 101. So uh, those people are different. However, once there are obvious uh, examples of decline in that manner, I, I think uh, I think a tests are in order. So you would, su- independent you would support Nikki, H- Nikki Haley has recommended that. So you would support her position yeah. on that? I would. Okay. Uh, Bob? Uh, you know, I, I think we, we are overlooking uh, Diane Feinstein, what happened to her this week, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you look at the people that are in power and they want to maintain that power. Uh, the senator from Pennsylvania, I mean, he had a stroke right before his election. He should have taken several months off to recoup from that. And, and uh, mm-hmm. but the Democratic Party pushed uh uh, Fetterman in that role. Uh, I think they may have and the, a, the voters of Pennsylvania and voters. I mean, they're they're the ones right. that are responsible for him being in office. And, and, and the same you know. with all these other uh, uh, age re- uh, requirements. And uh, it's up to the voters to decide. Should, Doug, should there be some sort of a test for public official, federal officials, be it the president or or members of the cabinet or, or members of Congress? Should there be some, well, no, I, uh, you know, health uh, test every every few years for them? 
No, I don't. I don't think it needs to be in, in law, and I, I don't think there. And I definitely don't think there should be a uh, a uh, an age limit because, as, as Donald Trump has said, it depends on the person. But it it, it, it but it was. I am no fan of Mitch McConnell. I haven't been for quite a while, but it was very very sad mm-hmm. to watch that um, that press conference. I mean, right. I, I think he. I watched my mom have a stroke and. Uh, I, I think he clearly had, a, at a minimum, a, a small stroke on live television. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. The big, I, I think that the, we, we do have this is why we have elections, and I think people, you know, we do we do have a vetting process with the with with the campaign. The bigger problem, I, who I say, shame on the staff and the families who are you know want to preserve their meal ticket and allowing these people to stay out there. I think they're destroying their legacies. It's it's embarrassing. I think it, um, it it reflects badly on all of them. I think yeah. you hit it no, right think, on the head. I think, right I, head. yeah, I think your your point earlier in the broadcast that uh, that, that Jill Biden has some uh, complicity in this decision, and I think that uh, uh, it is sad. I, I think that uh, uh, you know when when your mate has reached the pinnacle of their career, being president of the United States after wanting to do it for so long. Uh, and then you see, uh, and there's a positive legacy to what he's accomplished, but then to see, to stay around too long, uh, yep. and then have that dismissed, uh, it, uh, be, because his, his past will catch up to him. That, that's, uh, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a, that, that's a sad case. And, and, uh, you know, in, in the case, by the way, just, uh, I was offering the other day, uh, an assessment to some friends of mine who were talking about, uh, Joe Biden and, and where he's at now being, uh, almost, uh, you know, blasted every day, uh, if not by the Republicans, certainly a, a growing list of even media people questioning uh, some of the Joe Biden comments and, and gaffes that he's made. And certainly the uh, uh, some of the comedians have even gotten involved in it, which I think also is a little it's, it's a little distasteful to be that disrespectful for someone because of their age and, and showing, you know, tripping over the sandbag all the time. I mean, you know, I guess maybe funny the first time, but you know, uh, not too funny later on. But I think keep in mind about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, the, the public narrative on Joe Biden since he was 29 years old is of a sympathetic figure. He arrived on the national scene as a United States senator, elected at 29, loses his wife and his daughter in an automobile crash, and then is the grieving father. That's been the whole negative of Joe Biden for his entire life. No one in the media, no one even in the opposition party ever wanted to bring up, to dig deep into who Joe Biden was or what he was doing because he was on this pedestal. He's been on a pedestal for over 50 years. And for the last year and a half, actually five years, it was all about the love affair that he had, not just with the children that passed away, the child that passed away, but his love affair for his son. I mean, he viewed this son, this, this was, this was a, a revisitation of, of the Biden Camelot, if you will. And then he loses his life. Tragic. Again, Joe Biden in a sympathetic, in a very tragic spot in his life. No one wants to touch that because it is such, a, it's such an emotional story. And then you have in the wake of that, you have the other son who's lived his whole life in the shadow of his brother who passed away and then has sex with his 
late brother's wife. Again, who buys that story? But Joe Biden is has been above it. So what Joe Biden is going through now, or what Joe Biden will go through during a campaign for the next eight months, this is something that Joe Biden has never, ever had to deal with his entire life. So, being 80 years old, how does he deal with it? I suggest probably not very well. Bruce Dumont, Extra. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. And uh, during the break, uh, Bob Fioretti and I, we were talking that uh, maybe Jill Biden wants to be first lady more than Joe White wants to be president. Anybody else buy that? Doug, do you buy that? I, I, I think that she is. Uh, I think, yes, I do. I think she's a bad person. I really do. Uh, Greg, yeah. your I reaction. Think, I think she likes yeah, I, I don't know about her in particular. I, I, I do think there's merit to the fact that a lot of the staff wants to stay on. They have a, a certain sense of power and they, they uh, yeah. some prestige. And that's what, what happens. Doing. And I, I think they're to, to tell the candidate to move on. Mm-hmm. You see that often in uh, those that are in power. The staff wants to stay there. So, you know, but who you would, wrap it up? I guess my question to you, and I'd ask you, uh, anybody to jump in on this, Greg, if if you if you were called in, if you were a, a Democrat, if you were one of the big wig Democrats that had to convince Joe Biden that time was up, what would that what would that conversation sound like in your view? How would it start? <laughs> That's a great question. First of all, I would I would hope that people would have done it for me if if that was the, that was good. yeah. I would I, yeah. I, I I I would for for President Biden in particular. I would. Uh, I would probably uh, begin with, we appreciate your 50 years of public service to the United States, but, but it's time to move on. Uh, it, there's always decline. Uh, your decision-making isn't there as it used to be. We're trying to be honest with you. And I, I'd play it. I'd thank him and then play it straight. Bob, be ready. What I think it's What would you say then, Doug? Uh, you know, I think somebody has to bring him in and say, say the words that uh, uh, his wife and family do not want to hear. And I think as I, as I look at Joe Biden, Joe Biden once uh, years ago in, in 2000 or 1999 called me up to ask for a contribution. Uh, and at that time I was supporting Bob Graham, Graham a senator out of Florida, who was uh, at that time running for the presidency, and uh, he dropped out of the race. And uh, the first person to call me was Joe Biden then, uh, and that was in 2000. And, and uh, I say it, it would be difficult because uh, the Democrats have such a strong hold, uh, and it's beyond just the people around him. It's about the power, the contracts, who's getting it, who's supplying the war effort in the Ukraine, um, and who's fighting uh, at the border, and uh, if they have anybody at the border. So, I, you know, there's a lot of seriousness going on, a lot of serious discussions that are happening on whether or not and how you replace not only Joe Biden but Kamala Harris and what to do with her at the same time. Uh, Doug Ibenno, what would you be saying? You well, just say, get out. <laughs> From, from what I can see, from my own eyes, uh, Joe Biden's dementia is pretty advanced. I don't, I don't think he's doing anything where he's not uh, being being directed. And there've been, you know, some, you know, some, you know, reports of that in the, you know, in the press. Uh, but but the press, you know, mostly protects them. But you know, they, I, I, I think it's Joe Biden is the key here. And shame on her that she hasn't done it before. But I don't know. You get you get Barack Obama. You know, imagine if this was an ex. Imagine if this was a uh, Republican president, and we had a an ex Republican president mm-hmm, out right. there. The president would be the the uh, Republican equivalent of Barack Obama. The media would be beating his door down. What should we do? 
with, you know, Republican Joe Biden. What do you think we should do with Republican Joe Biden? And they would uh, get an answer. Um, They they, they can't. They can't. As much as, you know, selfishly for for Donald Trump's chances in uh, next year, having Joe Biden as an opponent obviously would be good for Donald Trump, but it's, it's terrible for the country. I mean, it's 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 sad to watch, um, you know, Joe Biden out there. It's it, it's sad. Just the I think same way should, it is with. Uh, I think we should have. I think we should have to say is almost, Mr. President, you have spent most of your life wanting to be president. Through perseverance and through a great deal of tragedy, uh, you made it to be president of the United States. You saved the Democratic Party from Bernie Sanders and the country and the Democratic Party would have gone into a direction that we would never have recovered from had you not kept your kept your powder dry and continued to run for president. And you did you did one of the greatest services to this country that any politician has ever done. You defeated Donald Trump. You took power away from Donald Trump with the help of the American people, and that is something that history will always reward and recall that you were the guy that did it. And now, Mr. President, we're in a situation where there may not be, there may be a rematch. Seventy percent of the American people don't want that rematch. Sixty percent of them are of the Democratic Party, Mr. President. You have served this party and you've served this country well. You know that the next campaign between now and Election Day, the relationship between you and your son is going to be on the front page. They're going to rip your heart out. Mr. President, you've served the nation well. I hope that you will consider and stepping down and letting the future of the party be determined by others. That would be my message. I think you said it. But uh, whether or not anybody's got the cojones to say it, we don't know. Uh, There's a a Congressman, Dean Phillips from uh, Minnesota. Supposedly he wants to throw his hat in the rink. So maybe we'll know a little bit more about Dean Phillips. But at the moment, it looks like it's going to be a rematch between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And it's up to Republicans to determine whether or not they really want Donald Trump to go to the post again. And if it is the two of them, it's the American people that are going to decide whether Donald Trump is elected president or is he going to prison. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks to our guest this evening, and thanks to Fritz Goldman for assistance in the production of this program, Doug Ibendahl, and also Greg Ballard, and also Bob Fioretti. Thank you all. Good night from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. 
Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the voices for recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24 hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders for you or someone, you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. <laughs> 